Okay, I don't know what your respective teachers are requiring of you. This is what I require of you if you're in my class. I just want you to listen for the next, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. Just consider some things. I don't think you'll hear stuff like this um, most other places. So just, just don't fall asleep, please. Um, and don't have your own conversations. This is my last time that I will ever teach anybody in junior or sophomore level again. So for me, if you love me, just give me your attention because that's the greatest gift that you could give me is just, I'm listening to you, Mr. Dean. You don't have to actually do what I say, but if you'll just do me the honor of listening and considering what I have to say, that's the greatest gift you could give me. So um, will you pray with me one last time here? Thank you. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for uh, this time that we have together. Lord, as I say goodbye to this awesome place um, and these awesome people, I love these students so much. Um, I've given a decade of, of my life to try to teach them what I feel you've shown me as far as truth goes, and you're still showing me stuff, Lord, and so I'll be faithful to teach as long as you give me opportunity. Um, thank you for this place. Thank you for the amazing teachers that uh, come here each day and give of their lives just to try to better the students and better this world that you've created. Uh, we bless you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this is real. This is raw. This is me. I don't have a single note prepared, but I wanted to tell you something. Um, maybe you see your teachers and you think, you know, wow, those guys went to school or, you know, they're trained in this kind of stuff. They have all this knowledge and, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll be there someday. Maybe I could do that someday. I, I don't know, honestly. But I'll, I'll let you know, I have zero formal training. I went to college, but I studied Spanish. I never studied theology. I didn't study any kind of religious anything. I have no formal training in anything that is Bible. Um, so if that's helpful to you, gee, I thought you were like a seminary student, Mr. Dean. Not at all. Um, I can use the internet so it makes me look smart, but I want to give away all my secrets today um, for how you, how you read and understand this. The first thing that I would get is download a free app called Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible is, is the way that you look up the words that have been translated into English to see what's going on there, what's going on with the original text, whether it's Hebrew or Greek. It's all free and you all have phones. So put it on your phone, Blue Letter Bible, and over the break, if you get a hankering to uh, check out what I have to say to you today, check me out, make sure that I'm not uh, feeding you a line, because you should always, always take anything that any teacher has to teach you and, and thank them. Thank you for giving me that knowledge. I appreciate that. I'm going to consider it, Mr. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so. I'll weigh the evidence, and ultimately, if it passes muster, then I'll accept it. You know, that's what we should be doing. Not just, well, Mr. Williams said it, so it's true. Mr. Dean said it in the, in the SLC, so it's got to be true. To show you just how wrong I am, last week, I was using a word that I feel this week, I realized I've been using it incorrectly for the last 47 years. And I tried to teach you guys to use it too. What was the question? What was the answer when I said, anyone who's not a Jew is called a Gentile? That's actually wrong. 
I stand corrected before you. Nothing to hide, no shame that, that I've been wrong for four decades. That's fine. Because I found something. And if you do have a Bible in front of you, I just want you to turn there with me. And I want you to, I want to show you the little, I guess, journey that I went through. And on Saturday, just a few days ago, is when this totally came into focus and became clear to me. And I want you to, sh I want to show you that though you have a Bible and it's in English, that doesn't mean it's right. And that's really not allowed to be said in Christianity. You can't question the Bible, Mr. Dean. Absolutely I can and I will every single day. Because this translation into English is not inspired. Who is it inspired by? King James and his buddies? Was it inspired by the New International Version Committee? Were they inspired? How about the English Standard Version people, which is my version? Was that inspired? Well, no, the, the words are inspired. Yeah, but was, was those, the Greek words were inspired? Yeah, well, what about the English? Because what happens if a committee decides to take a word and say, you know what, we think it means this. Is that inspired? I don't know. But I tend to think there's something going on and there's something awful suspicious going on in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm gonna take you to just exactly what happened to me on Saturday. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have a Bible, you wanna turn there, you wanna make a note. And this is what it says, I think in 90% of the translations, nine out of 10 translations, here's what it says. And I want you to follow my, my line of thinking. And all of you think like this. You're all, you all think linearly and you all think logically, right? So the letter to the Corinthians, who is that to? Who's the audience? People in Corinth, right? And I asked my class this and I was a little saddened by their world geography skills. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask the rest of you as well. Where is Corinth? Go ahead, Noah. Good. Okay. Corinth is in Greece. Now, who do you think make up the population of the folks in Greece? Well, what would we call them? Greeks. Very good. You guys are on a roll. This is awesome. So if they're Greeks and they live in Greece and the city they tend to hail from is called Corinth, do you think they're Jews? No. And, and are there Jews there? Sure. The Jews were everywhere. But primarily, Paul is writing to a bunch of, say it. Don't say Gentiles. Say where they're from. They're Greeks at the very least. Now, I thought they were Gentiles too until I read 1 Corinthians 12. Here's what Paul says. Now, you bunch of Greeks, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were What's the word? Pagans. That's the word in your Bible. In fact, most translations have that word, pagans. Tell me what a pagan is. What's a pagan, Trinity? What's a pagan, honestly, when you, think of, when you hear the word pagan? Frankie? North mythology. Okay, some mythology, some... But what, what is a pagan? Is that a good thing to be a pagan? Is it bad? Like, you worship other gods and you do bad stuff, right? That's a pagan. It's not a nice word. However, the word in Greek is not pagan. Paul didn't use the word pagan. Do you know what word he used? 
Yeah. Say it again. He used the word Gentile. Now, none of you fell out of your chair, right, Michaela? You didn't just, whoa, that's crazy. That changes everything, Mr. Dean. It actually does. Because Paul is supposed to be writing to a bunch of Corinthian non-Jews, which we would normally call them Gentiles. But Paul just said, hey, guys, you know that when you were, and our Bibles helped us out with this word pagan, but it didn't help us out at all. Because the original word in the original text is Gentile. So Paul said, hey, you guys, back when you were Gentiles, which begs the question, well, what are they now if they're not Gentiles? What are they? Why would Paul call a whole group of Gentiles? Why would he say, you remember back when you guys were Gentiles? Doesn't that beg the question, what are we now if we're not Gentiles anymore? What do you mean you were Gentiles, Paul? We are Gentiles. We're Corinthian Greeks. We're Gentiles. But Paul seems to think they're not Gentiles anymore. Are they Jews? Absolutely not. That's the whole point of most of his letters. So if they're not Jews, and Paul said back when you were Gentiles, what are they now? Allie, do you know? Got to guess. What is something that we could, what's a, a meaning we could push on this word to make it make sense? This is called Bible study, by the way. This is true Bible study. I came across something weird. Why would Paul call a bunch of Gentiles former Gentiles? Except my, my version said pagans, and I thought it'd be fun to look up pagans, and the word doesn't exist. The word pagan is Gentiles. So why did our translators choose the word pagan here and everywhere else in every other book in the New Testament? You cannot find the word pagan anywhere. It's only three times in the Corinthian letter. Why? I don't know, Mr. Dean, that's weird. It should be weird because who gets to decide that they get to use the word pagan there? And what does pagan mean? And what are the implications if the word Gentile is used here? What are you guys? Are you Jewish? No. Last week, what would I have told you you were? Gentiles. This week, you're not Gentiles. According to Paul, you're not Gentiles. So what are you? Christians? I heard that. Okay. Oh, man, Canon, that's, that's deep. That's deep. If you're not Gentiles, because Gentile must mean something that we don't know, but Paul says these guys who've put their trust in Jesus, they're not Gentiles anymore, and they're not Jews. Um, what's left? Here's what I think. Here's a meaning I pushed on the text. I don't know if it, it fits, but I'm going to do a, a lot more question asking. I think a Gentile is somebody who's out of covenant. That would make sense. It has nothing to do with where they were born. It has to do with, are you in covenant with God or not? Because if you're not in covenant, I think Paul means you're a Gentile. That's how you could talk to a whole bunch of Gentiles and say, do y'all remember when you were Gentiles? And they wouldn't be like, that's so weird. Because Paul had taught them, a Gentile is somebody who's out of covenant. But you guys are not out of covenant. You are in covenant. 
which makes you part of the family, which makes you a, an Israelite. Mr. Dean, like, like you're, you're telling me and I'm part, I don't think you're an Israelite, Israelite. I think you're part of Israel. You're part of the, the family of God. You're part of Israel, which is very problematic because if you are part of Israel and I believe Ephesians 2 says you are part of Israel, you can read it. I mean, you should never take anything anybody says without, you know, questioning it, Galatians and Ephesians. Let me just see if Paul calls you guys Israelites. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off. That's right out of Hosea. And peace to those who were near, same thing. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers, foreigners, aliens, not like take me to your leader, but you know, like an illegal alien, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What's a fellow citizen? Citizen of what? Can you be a citizen of like a social club? No. What are you a citizen of? A country, right? A tribe. You're part of the group. What group is called the household of God? Israel. Okay, so this is problematic. You know why, Alexa? Because in the Old Testament, every time God uses the word Israel, speak to the people of Israel, you guys shut off because that doesn't have to do with me. That's back then. Those are those guys. But this is what I think Paul has been trying to say all along is you are part of Israel as well. So every command is a command to you. Every promise is a promise to you. Every covenant is a covenant to you. And this would make sense. This is why Jesus came was to put you out of covenant folks into covenant. How do you get into covenant with God? One way, Jesus Christ. Why would I want to even be in covenant with God, Mr. Dean? Because if you're not in covenant with God, you are lost. So I need to be in covenant, yes. Once I'm in covenant, now I have access to the promises, yes. What's the promises? That you will get eternal life and be raised from the dead because of what Jesus did. That's a promise that you have, but only if you're in covenant and only if you're part of the family. So last week, someone asked a question. Let's say we wanted to start, I don't know, obeying God's commands, not out of salvation, like not to be saved, but because God said to. And let's say instead of God's commands, we understood these things as teachings, God's teachings. How would we start to obey God's teachings more, Mr. Dean? Because, you know, I've heard you, I've, I've heard that you said nothing changed with God's Torah and especially the 10 commandments. I can't argue with that. That really does hold water. And why have we not obeyed the fourth commandment? Remember the Sabbath day? If you want to start exploring true and, and deep relationship, covenant relationship with God, explore this question of Sabbath. What would that look like for you to keep Sabbath? And that's a great question because we Greeks, former Gentiles, we have no idea how to keep Sabbath. In fact, you're probably thinking, oh crap, what do I have to not do? What's this gonna cost me? This is gonna be terrible. I'm not gonna be able to do this or this or this. But yet God said, it's going to be a delight. Does God lie? No. Do you think God knows you? Yes. 
If God said, this is gonna be awesome, can you trust him? Yeah, I think you can. So really, Sabbath is supposed to be something that we enjoy, it's a delight, it's not a burden, right? You have to start with that in mind. Noah, you said, how do we, how could we, as Christians, what, what are some things, what would Sabbath look like, right? First of all, do y'all know when the day starts for a Hebrew? Sundown, that's the new day. So today is Wednesday, December 15th. At sundown, Thursday, December 16th, will start today at sundown. So it's kind of weird. The next day starts the evening of sundown, the current day. Are you following me? Did I lose you already? So when does Sabbath start in the Hebrew mind? Friday at sunset. So that means Friday night. Oh man, are you telling me I can't hang out with my friends? I did not say that, did I? I just, we're talking about when Sabbath starts. Sunset Friday and it goes through sunset Saturday. I will share with you a couple of things that I've learned in Sabbath. And if they're helpful to you, awesome. If not, throw them away. Number one, God says, I've found that God says directly two things about Sabbath. Don't work and don't light a fire. Don't kindle a fire. Now, beyond that, what are you allowed to do? See, the Bible doesn't say. So is there freedom there within that framework of restriction? Yeah, there is. Sabbath is supposed to be a blessing to you. How could it be a blessing? What do you guys not have enough of in your lives right now? Just tell me what you don't have enough of. What do you need more? Peace? Sleep? Food? Did somebody say food? What do you need more of? Come on. What do you lack? Time, time, peace, sleep. What else? I'm hearing rest. I'm hearing I need more time. Come on, be honest. Be honest as spiritual students trying to pursue a life in Jesus at Midland Christian. I know it's hard, but what do you, what do you lack? What do you need more of? Okay, relationship with God, time with God, knowledge of who God is and what he wants. Do you hear yourselves? Do you hear yourselves? God has the antidote to what we are sick with. None of us have enough time. We're all wondering if we're gonna be okay with God. We definitely at your age need to know more about what God wants and who he is. You know he created, you know he loves you, he wants to give you life. Okay, am I, am I doing well, God? Am I walking right? I don't have peace. I'm conflicted, I, I don't know. I'm living one way and I know I should be living another. I, I, I get it, all that stuff. God said, I got the antidote, you want it? Yes, what is it? An injection? Is it a vaccine? God says, it's called Sabbath. And we go, nope, I'm good. Now, I don't have to do that old Jew stuff. Wait a minute, you just said you need more rest. I do, I'm, I'm so tired, Mr. Dean, I'm exhausted in my life. I don't ever read the Bible. Just, I don't understand it and I don't have time. I just need more peace and I truly need more, more rest. But 
What, what can I do? What, you can actually catch up and, and rest one day. No, not going to do that. You can't make me. What are you trying to be a Jew? Huh? Make me into a Jew? Do you understand how contradictory? This is so crazy. I'm tired. Well, lay down. No, you can't make me. Oh, I can hardly stay awake, Mr. Dean. We'll take a nap. No, you can't make me. Who do you think you are? You think you're my dad? Just take a nap. I'm not. This is God. Hey, take a nap. And we stand up and say, you can't make me. So here's the thing. Sabbath is supposed to be a blessing. God says, don't, don't kindle fires and don't work. How many of you have a full-time job? Okay. So you're not working a whole lot, right? Um, but you're working, aren't you? What is it that you do that is considered work for you? School, right? School. How many of you would like to have a free one day off where you don't have to think about school? Wouldn't that be awesome, Mason? Totally awesome. Max, one day, if you even think about school, if you do one assignment, pal, you are in so much trouble. But I'm thinking about my essay. Knock it off. Okay. Wouldn't that be awesome? Blair says, Mama, can I do these dishes? No. Come on, but I want to. You better, you know what? Here's 20 bucks. If you don't go and spend some money and have some fun with your friends, you are so grounded. Okay. Like, can you imagine how stupid that is? But I want to do the dishes and vacuum and clean and dust. No, you take a break. This is God. Just take a break. Don't think about your work. Just enjoy life. Turn it to me. And in that Sabbath, what if you cracked open the scriptures and read just a couple of things? Would that be, would that be helpful? What if you got a group together that was brave enough to say, hey, do you guys want to like, just for an hour or two on, on Saturday, just get together? You know, the whole Sabbath thing. And we don't know, even know what we're doing. But do you want to get together? Yeah, let's get together. And let's just talk, hang out, drink coffee, have fun, play spike ball. I, I don't know. SpongeBob? What? <laughs> Badminton. What, what do you college kids play nowadays? Shuffleboard and stuff like that? Just Dance. YouTube. I got my first lesson in Just Dance today. It was pretty awesome. A little Michael Jackson thriller. Keller, you know what I'm talking about? No, you don't. You didn't hear me, did you? Okay, good. Good job. <laughs> All right. So here's what God says. He doesn't say a lot. I think God says, I would love for you to keep Sabbath for your own health and blessing. And instead of saying, oh man, what do I, why do I have to do that? Why do I have to be blessed? Why do you want me to be so healthy, God? And I think God's like, do whatever you want. But I mean, as your dad, I just want the best for you. So you say, okay, I'm going to try this. What do I have to not do? Wrong attitude. What do I get to do? Well, you get to take total time off from school. Okay, that's good. Do I have to take time off from friends? On the contrary, God gave you your friends. Now, what if you and your friends on Sabbath get together and watch A Nightmare on Elm Street, the entire series? I don't know that that's the most appropriate way to spend a Sabbath is watching horror movies and people getting sliced open and blood squirting everywhere and death all over the place. You know what I mean? But what if you and your friends got together and took a break from horror movies and did something 
really positive or really cool. I mean, I watch movies on Sabbath with my daughter. We watch like Lord of the Rings, the Born Identity, you know, Born series, Hunger Games, Twilight, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I know, I watch Twilight. I, I like it, I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's good stuff. Team Edward. All right, right? Okay, that was weird. So, you know what I mean? Uh, this, is, this is my daughter. Hey, Dad, can we uh, watch Harry Potter? I'm not going to change one form of legalism for another. God said it's a blessing. Well, that's got witches and warlocks in it and magic. We can do that any other day but Sabbath. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, I get to be with my daughter. We get to make cheese bread. Pounds occasion. We get to make cheese bread and, and be together and laugh and freak out and all that other stuff together. I think that's God's point is take a break from your life, unplug, and just be with me. And the way that I interpret be with God, see, this is the problem. When we former Gentiles want to think about Sabbath, we're like, what do I have to do? You have to sit there all day long and read your Bible or pray and just stare up at the ceiling because that's where God lives. No! God says, do you love me? Yes. Then love the people I gave you. Jesus said it like this. What's the greatest command, Jesus? He said, oh, that's easy. Come on, give me a hard one. He said, no, no, give us the greatest command. He said, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. He said, oh, and the second one is exactly like the first one. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, in order to love God, you have to love people. That's how you love God. God doesn't want your air hugs. Oh, he doesn't want you to blow kisses at him. I love you, God. If I had a, your number, I'd text you. God's like, don't do that. Love the people I've given you. That's how you love me. That's how you can gauge how we're doing. How are you loving your friends? I do love my friends well, Mr. Dean. Then you're loving God well. How do you love your enemies? Oh no, those guys are dirtbags. I, I want the worst for them. We got a ways to go then because God says, I want you to love the dirtbags. How do you love your teachers? Well, I talk about the ones that I think are stupid and I honor the ones that I like. And God says, eh, we got some work to do. How about we honor the teachers that you don't like? Well, that's weird. And God says, that's me. Do you love me? Yes. Then just do what I say because it's for your benefit. So how do you keep Sabbath? I think God said, how do you keep Sabbath? Well, I don't know. Here's how I keep Sabbath. I decided I'm going to unplug from all things that are screen related. Netflix, Hulu, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus. How many other pluses are there? A lot of pluses, right? A lot of stuff. In other words, I'm going to, I'm going to unplug from Hollywood for one day. And I absolutely drives me crazy because I'm very addicted to my Amazon Prime. I love just to watch movies and I love just to sit down and unwind at the end of the day and I don't know, watch a series, right? Just like you guys. But what if you didn't get everything you wanted? What if everything that you wished didn't come true? And for one day you actually had to just discipline yourself enough to go, all right, I'm going to unplug. Guys, it's been awesome. Yes, I miss it, but it's one day. I also... Um, I also end up going to bed a little earlier. I used to be a night owl, love to stay up on Friday nights, one, two in the morning watching movies. But I just kind of turn in a little earlier. 
Saturday morning, I get up and I have a group of friends who are brave enough to say, what if Sabbath is a real deal? And we are exploring Sabbath. And it's spread to several people now. So on Saturday mornings, we get up and we have brunch together at their house. And there's about eight to 10 of us. And we just open the Bible and we go, I didn't understand this. What do you think about that? And we're reading this and we're talking about Gentiles right now. And it's 1 Corinthians 12. And it's just a group where we just talk and hang out and tell stories and laugh and tell jokes. It's not all spiritual and Bible related. We're just being together. Then after a couple of hours, I go home and I look around and I see all the dishes and all the stuff that needs to be done. And I say, I don't have to do this. <laughs> I'm going to just put that off. Yeah. And there's my kids when they're home from college. There's my wife. Friend calls, somebody calls. Hey, can you help me? Can you do this? Can we get together? Can we go play miniature golf? Heck yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Now, I've started to, to learn there's some things I, I could do better. But it's one day to rest and enjoy time with the f people that God gave me, with my friends and family. And as I continue to look at the scriptures, I see there's some other things that God would like us to take a break from. One of those things that I found out is don't add to your kingdom. God said, one day, don't add to your kingdom. Well, what does that mean? I've interpreted it from the verses I've seen in Nehemiah. God doesn't want me to buy and sell on Sabbath. How many of you love Amazon because you can just click stuff? I, Amazon's the greatest thing. I mean, it goes God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Amazon, right? It's just in that order, right, Isabel? This Amazon's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So I don't buy anything on Friday night to Saturday. And it's tough sometimes. And I don't sell anything because I sell stuff. I make stuff and sell it. But for 24 hours, I say, God, you know what? You are able to sustain me. I don't have to sustain myself. And as I learn more about Sabbath, I'm adding things and they are becoming more and more of a blessing. I have never been, the weekend has never lasted longer than when you look to keep a Sabbath. Do you guys need your weekend to be longer? Because it just flies by. I promise you, unplug. Dedicate this to God. Say, God, I'm not gonna just follow everything in the world, but for one day, I'm just going to skim down on that. And if you want this to be a tool that you can use, I'm going to let you have it for one day, God, one day. And it's amazing what God will do with that in one day if you'll just let him. So the point is, Noah, there is no formula. God left it wide open. And I think he's just going to say, how did you obey my commands? Well, I did this and this and this. And he's going to say, were you consistent? I tried to be well done rather than, I don't understand, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I'm just not going to do it. I think that's a mistake. Okay, it's time. Thank you guys for listening. You're awesome. Um, have good lives. I'll see you one day if they ever invite me back for a lesson or two. God bless you. We're going to pray over Mr. Dean real quick on his last day. Oh, um, thank you. If you wouldn't mind, I don't know if you've been blessed, but I've been blessed by his own teaching, even as an adult, as he said, uh, he, he brings wisdom and, and the Bible to life from a different perspective. Uh, so Thanks, before brother. we pray, if you've been blessed by him, would you just show him a little love and appreciation with the round of applause? Thanks, guys. Father in heaven, uh, Yehovah, we are so humbled uh, to come before you, Father, and just to uh, lift up our brother, Mr. Dean. Um, what a blessing he has been here uh, at Midland Christian. Um, 
brings the Bible to life and such wisdom uh, to not just our students, but to our faculty. Uh, Father, we are going to miss him, uh, but we know that you are already preparing hearts here, and you have been bringing people to us um, to fill in that gap uh, that we will fill. Father, we ask that you bless him, bless his family as he goes into this new adventure. Father, we know wherever he goes, you go. Uh, he boldly uh, proclaims your name and continues to teach the truths that you continue to reveal to him, and we are so grateful for that, Father. So uh, remind him that he always has a home here, uh, that his Midland Christian family loves him and will continue to love him, Father. So just uh, please bless him richly as he has blessed all of us, and uh, now it's our turn, Father, to walk out uh, what the truths he has brought to us, the things he's revealed uh, to us through you, and we ask that we would do that uh, boldly uh, and with your love and your patience and understanding, Father. And when we do make a mistake and when you reveal something new, that we would be able to own it uh, and to change and, and to continue that out, Father. So just be with him. Bless him. Uh, again, we are just so grateful for him, Father. It's in your son's most holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, brother. Everybody help. Everybody help. Sorry, I blew, I blew it.